Welcome to the Running After 40 podcast, the podcast about all things related to running at 40 and beyond, produced by www.runningwithgrit.com. We help you stay physically healthy and emotionally strong at any running pace. I'm Sarah, your host, and a wife, a full-time working mom with three kids, three dogs, and a lifetime passion for running. Whether you are a veteran runner looking to maximize your times as a master runner or a brand new jogger starting in your 40s, 50s, or any age, this podcast will be there for your journey. I want to share stories, secrets, and strategies for success. This includes mistakes and lessons learned, all related to running past age 40. Let's hit the play button together and hit the roads as runners with grit after age 40. Hey guys, welcome to episode 16 of the Running After Age 40 podcast. Uh, Today I have a super special guest. It's kind of funny because this is, uh, when I'm recording this, it's the week of Thanksgiving in the United States. So Black Friday is coming up. And when we've been going back and forth about when she was going to be a guest on this show, and she finally decided this week would work for her. And I'm like, oh, it's actually perfect because she is one of my friends that I met when I was in my 20s. And we met running, but we also had shopping in common. So I was like, what a good thing to have her on the show. Cause all I remember is we would do these road races and train together. And then we'd always go shopping. So I'm going to introduce Sarah Ranson. She's actually like, I wrote some notes down about her cause there's just like so many things. She's obviously a, a runner. She's super speedy. Uh, she's a wife, a mom, a dog lover. Uh, she's a decorating genius. Like her house is this amazing thing of beauty. Uh, my kids still talk about it and they've only seen it once. Uh, she's a running coach. I believe she was a race director. Um, and then she's just a good friend. So Sarah, thank you for coming on and I'll let you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you. My gosh, you like make me feel so like special. Thanks. <laughs> I, I remember those races too. Cause like, we're going to go, we're going to hurt. And then we're going to go have fun shopping and get coffee. And those were good times. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm Sarah Ranson and I grew up in, um, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. And then we moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania when I was in sixth grade and, um, or not when I, yeah, when I was in fifth grade in sixth yeah. grade, um, I, as it was at middle school orientation, uh, where they were just teaching us about middle school. And at the end of the orientation, they announced like, Hey, if anyone's interested in cross country, we're having this meeting after at the end of the day. And I have no idea why I was interested in running. I'd never really run before I was a softball player and I was a swimmer and did gymnastics. I kind of did every sport as a little kid. And for some reason that just sparked my interest. So I went to the meeting and I joined the team and I ended up being pretty good at running. And, um, so I started like winning races and, I don't know that. So that was my intro to running and it just stuck. Nobody in my family was a runner. Like I think my dad would occasionally like on a Saturday or Sunday, go to the park and quote run. I don't know what his running was. Um, so anyway, I ran, um, junior high and high school and didn't really like think like, I never really thought I was like this great runner. And all of a sudden, like I started like my junior, senior year, I started getting, um, letters from college coaches. And, um, I was like, Oh, that would be kind of fun to to run in college. And so anyway, I, uh, I ran for the university of Missouri and, um, which was phenomenal. My coach there was Jeff pig. 
who's still coaching today. And he was young. He was probably only five or six years older than I was. He'd been out of college probably, I don't know, max of four years. And so he was building that he was in his first year, the year he recruited me. And so he was in a building uh, mode. And so he brought in all these um, girls from all over the country. And by the end of my college career, we were uh, going to nationals in cross country and girls were all Americans, uh, in cross country and, um, and track and field. So it was a, like, it was, it was fun to be a part of a program that like you grew with and you got better as everybody else got better. And, um, so after that, uh, I went to graduate school at Florida state and I had a graduate in- internship and I coach, I helped coach. I was a graduate coach for track and cross country at Florida state. And that kind of just got me into wanting to coach. And so, uh, when school was over, I followed my husband who was um, doing his medical residency uh, in, in, in Indianapolis. Yeah. And um, we, I coached her, we both coached a triathlon team there for a while. And then we went to Baltimore, Maryland, where I coached a high school team. And then we moved to, uh, to Spokane, Washington, where I live currently. Yep. And, uh, and I started coaching uh, a women's team. So in Spokane, we have a women's team called the Spokane Swifts. And we have probably, we have over a hundred women who are part of this club. We meet uh, twice a week. We meet on Tuesdays and Saturdays and it's coached workouts on those days. And then, um, other runs, we have, we have an email that goes out every week for uh, different type workouts you can do by yourself, depending on what you're running. And so I coached that team for a while and it's a huge success in town. And, I can't believe more towns don't have it because yeah. it's a great resource for women. And then I coach um, junior high kids, my kids uh, elementary and junior high program I coached. And uh, now I'm coaching online with team run run, which is kind of fun too, but different because I don't get to see these people in person. So it's a little bit about me, I guess a lot about me. <laughs> yeah. So many things there. I'm going to just start at the end though, where you left off. Cause I'm curious, you said over the hundred women, is it a really competitive group? Like, and is it a wide range of ages or is it mostly, you know, 30 plus? It's a wide range of, and so we have, we have girls that are coming to Spokane. They ran in college and they're going to grad school here. And so they're, they're really competitive and they're trying to qualify it for trials or what have you, or make it on the road racing scene. And so we have that, that stack of people. And then we have, um, we have moms who, you know, have young kids who are looking for some way to get in shape and they've never really been runners before. And so we have that group. And then we have people like me who were ex college runners who are still trying to hurt and do something with running. And so it's a, it's a great, I mean, it's, it's a really social group, but we also like, it's very motivating and encouraging and uplifting. And, you know, I have friends that come visit and they'll go to a practice with me and they're like, Oh my gosh, like if, if this was where I live, like running would be so much more fun. And it's true. And you, and then when you go to practice, you're new, you meet people who run the same pace. So, I mean, we have people on the team that run, I mean, probably a nine thirty. The slowest is probably nine to nine thirty mile yeah. pace, and yeah, then we yeah. have girls that are running, you know, sub six pace. And yeah. so you find kind of your group, right? That's running your pace, and then you can make plans outside of you know practice days to meet those people. And so you have motivation, like Sarah, when you and I were running in our early twenties. That's what got me out of bed in the morning to meet somebody at five thirty or six o'clock in the morning. It makes it way easier to 
have a buddy to do that with. And so that's kind of what this team does. And then we compete, like we have uniforms and we'll wear our uniforms to different races around town and even around the country. So it's kind of a, it's a fun, it's a fun, neat little thing. And it happened only because cross country nationals was being hosted in Spokane one year. And one, one of the women was like, we have a lot of fast women here. Let's put together a team. And it, so it was a team of like 10 women. And then we just decided to keep it going after that and just open it up to other people. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I obviously a lot of cities have running clubs, but this is so much more specific and targeted and it is more like of a team concept. And I think that you like you, I've moved into a lot of different places in my adult life and it can be really lonely at first and trying to find people, especially when you do have kids, like find friends and find like minded people. I think this is a great opportunity for people in that it, it, you guys need to expand. Yeah. I mean, it would be fun and we just have to have leaders in other towns, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, it's not rocket science. You just kind of get people together, but it is, I mean, that's how I've always made my friends. I've always made my closest best friends in various cities we've lived in through running. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let's go back to your actual running though. Like uh, you, this might be old stuff or more recent, but like, what are you most proud of? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess I'm just most proud of like that I'm still doing it and I'm still, I can't tell you like a specific race that I'm most proud of. Um, I'm proud of like the ups and downs of running and keeping with it because I say this to my kids. So I have two teenage boys and um, I say it all the time, like sports teaches you grit and it teaches you that when things don't go your way, it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be down, but, um, but it's never the end of the world and things are going to get better. And, and I think that I'll, I think sport is just such a great way to teach that it's hard to teach that anywhere else. And so, and I see that with, with adults that, um, I interact with or like women who come to the team mm-hmm. who don't have a background in running and they're really, they're really, um, they lack self-esteem to do yeah. hard things. Mm-hmm. And it sounds cliche, but like we can do hard things mm-hmm. and everybody's capable of doing hard things. And when you haven't done hard things, you do hard things and you fail, you give up mm-hmm. and you don't think you can just run. I mean, running is hard. Running is one of the hardest sports you can do. And so for me to still be doing it at 49 years old and still racing and still having goals to be fast is yeah, that I get up every day and I run most days. Mm-hmm. I just make it happen. Are you running in the morning now? I'm just curious. Do you said you like five o'clock. <laughs> I remember it's, it was so hard for us to get up back then. And like it was dark. And, it's so. funny you ask that. I do. I have, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I'm a stay-at-home mom. And so I have the flexibility to run when the sun's out. I have a lot of friends who don't have that luxury. And so I do meet my friends in the morning often. However, um, so I ran the Chicago marathon in the beginning of October of this year. And <laughs> it's funny because I had a friend I met la- this last Friday at five 30 AM for a run. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's like, I know it's really early. I'm like, I can do it. I can make myself get up, but I hadn't done it since before the marathon. So like when you're out of the routine of doing it, it yes. it's hard, but 
Yeah. But when you meet somebody, you know, that person is depending on you to get up. So it's not my preference to get up in the morning. I'd say during the winter, I probably will do it twice a week, once Mm -hmm. or twice a week. I'll do it just to meet my friends that I can't meet later in the day. Yeah, totally. I just wondered because I remember those days that it was so hard when we were young. And I mean, it still is hard for me too. I'm not one of those people that pops out of bed in the morning. I wish I was. So what's your current, maybe you can even talk about pre-Chicago and then now, like what your training regimen looked like training for Chicago and then what you're doing now. Yeah. So, um, so training for Chicago. So we were a group of my friends that are running with on this um, Spokane Swifts team, we have been signing up for marathons together. So there's a group of like eight to 10 girls that have been training for specific marathons. And so we had, us, we had registered for, we'd run New York in 19, right before yep. COVID happened. And so um, right after that, we uh, signed up for Chicago. So we were supposed to run Chicago in 2020 and it obviously got, um, got canceled. Yep. And so we had the opportunity to uh, defer to either, um, 21, 22, or 23. So we deferred to 21, hoping that it would, it would happen. And thankfully it did. So I kind of, in like New York was the first marathon in a long time. I, I I haven't counted the years, but there was probably a five-year span where I really didn't train long distance. I, I was doing, I had had a back injury that set me back for about eight months. And then, um, prior to that, I wasn't doing anything real hard. So New York was my first like big buildup and it didn't go as well as I had hoped. I mean, I ran decently, but then, so Chicago was supposed to be like, okay, I'm going to get back at it. And then we had like a whole nother year, but which was actually COVID was really good for, for my running because I had a lot more time yeah. to do it. And so I did build up my mileage and was doing harder workouts. Um, so Chicago was, I felt good about Chicago. I was definitely, I knew I was definitely stronger than I was in New York. Um, And I was, I really thought like, originally my goal was to break three hours at Chicago. Mm -hmm. And during the course of my training, I had a couple long, hard runs where I didn't, it didn't go as well as I had hoped. And so I kind of knew that three hours was probably like when people started asking, I was like, well, I don't think I'm in shape for three hours. Mm -hmm. And I probably was in shape for 305 or 310 if the conditions would have been decent, but it was very hot and it was very humid and coming from Spokane, Washington in October. Um, although we had a very hot summer, I was deconditioned to that. And so I really suffered at the end. Mm -hmm. So I ran a 317, which I said, anything faster than 315 would, I would be happy with. I'm happy with 317 given the conditions. Yeah. It was a rotten day. I have other people here. We have the same weather here as in Chicago. And it was, yeah, I remember just thinking, oh, what, how? (laughs) (laughs) And every time I run Chicago, I think that was my fourth time running Chicago. Mm -hmm. It it is like that every time I run it, I've never run it on a cool day. Mm. Yeah. So what about now? Like what, what do, what are you training? Yeah. So now, um, so one of my friends that I did Chicago with, we were both really disappointed. Um, like just hoping for better, right? Like, Hey, we are in better shape than that. And so right after, and then two of the other girls that were with us were like, I'm never running a marathon again. (laughs) That's, that was the worst thing ever. And like telling everybody on the street while we were walking back from the finish, like, (laughs) if you ever think about running a marathon, don't do it. It's stupid. Don't do it. And I was like, okay, you know, that's a normal, that's normal when you have a bad race and a marathon is so long and it's so painful. And I kept telling her like, okay, well, that was the first be- really bad race you've ever had. And you have, she's only run like four marathons. And so I'm sure enough, like within two days, she's like, okay. So we were talking about like a redemption marathon and uh, what could we do? Can we keep our 
our fitness going and just like take a week off and like jump back into it. We had this whole plan. Like, so we had typically when I have trained for marathon in the past, I have always run like a long run, two long runs of at least 21 or 22. Like I've always definitely gone over 20. This time I didn't, I, I only went to 20 and I kind of regret that. And and so did my other friend also named Sarah. And so we were like, okay, in three weeks, we're going to do a 21 mile run. And when that day came, we were both like, Oh my gosh, there's no way I'm not ready. I can't run that far. So so we didn't, but we had in our minds said we were going to run the the Seattle um, full marathon, which is actually this coming weekend. It's this coming Sunday. And that's, we're not doing it anymore. That was just a dumb, it was a dumb idea. And we're, I I think just as you know, we're, we're old and I'm definitely not recovering. Like I used to after Chicago, it's taken me a long time to kind of get back in the groove. So, um, so I'm running the next marathon is Huntington beach, which is called like surf city marathon. I think, and it's in early February. Uh, I don't know whether I'm going to race that or not. I'm definitely going to run it. I have a friend who turns 50 in March and she is running 50 marathons before she's 50. So that will be her 50th marathon. So I will definitely run it. I don't know if I'm going to run with her or if I will try to race it. Okay. Okay. So are you, how much, what percentage of the, your training days are you running or are you doing any cross training or are you solely running? No, I am. So I, I'm finding as I get older that core is so important, right? I mean, it's always, I know it's always been important, but it's even more important as you get older. And my core is not super strong. It hasn't been for the last couple years. And so I'm making a conscious effort since I was trying to going into Chicago and I kind of fell off the bandwagon uh, with Mm -hmm. core work. So now um, I'm working on core. I'm doing some, some light lifting exercises like two days a week. And then, um, and then I'm running generally six days a week mm-hmm. with one day off. Um, and I've got my mileage back up. Like when I was training for Chicago, I was, my high mileage was 55 mm-hmm. miles a week. I was generally hovering or hovering around 45 yep. to 50. And, um, and I'm back up like this last week I ran 46 miles. So, and I'm mm-hmm. going to probably stick between 45 and 50 here for the next several weeks and see how it goes. And that's without a long run. So my, yeah, long, my longest run being like nine miles right now. Do you have, uh, I can't remember when we came out to Spokane, I've only been there once, but do you guys have a lot of dirt trails or are you running mostly on, Andy always makes fun of me because I say concrete pavement, but you know, cause I, that's where I have a hard time with the surfaces if I do too much on hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm mostly on roads. I'll maybe go on a trail once uh-huh. a week. Uh, we do have options to run on trails. I don't have, it's not close to home. Uh, okay. um, I, I mean, I do, I, I'm not a good trail runner and I worry about um, just my ankle falling. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm just not a good trail runner. Yeah. So it, it's mostly asphalt. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. What about the, so when you mentioned the core, like, are you doing something specific? Like, are you using a video or an app or like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so that's a great question. Um <laughs> You're going to laugh. Your listeners okay. will probably laugh. So, um, so I, when I was in college, I started doing Tammy Lee Webb's abs of steel. Oh, it, yeah. it, was, it was a v, VCR tape. Yeah. And, um, I don't, when, uh, when my youngest was like a newborn, I kind of got back in into it and my tape was like so old and so used that it was like, 
slipping and like it was just catching. And so hilarious. My husband um, got it transferred to to a DVD (laughs) as a Christmas present. And so I did that for a while. And now it's just on YouTube. So I actually still do Tammy Lee Webb out of the 80s, uh, Abs of Steel. And she has three 10 minute um, programs. So I just do one every day. There you go. And I rotate through it. And it's I think it's like one of the best ab exercises out there. Like, I mean, there's nothing fancy. It's, I mean, abs are abs and like people try to create all these, you know, cool ab stuff, but like it's a basic. Yeah. And when it's like 10 minutes, but it's like full on for 10 minutes versus like the breaks and the, you know, so you just go, go, go. Yeah. And, and my husband thinks it's so funny because he'll come in, like I'll do them mm-hmm. a, a lot of times they do it right before I go to bed in our bedroom and I'll just like set it up on my uh, nightstand and, yeah. and do it. And he comes in, he's like, Oh my gosh, you've been doing this for so many years. You still have to watch the video. That's I do true. actually, I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good point though. It is true. Cause it makes it, yeah, there is something about having that on the other end, but it's nice that it's like if it's on YouTube, you can just take it with you. Cause you know, I travel. So I like having like a little video that I can just play. Yes. But anyway, yeah, no, that's awesome. What about stretching? Do you stretch at all? I'm Any really kind of your, about you yoga or Pilates or anything. I thought so you I would. started, I started to do a Pilates um, class. It's hot Pilates. It's called yeah. Inferno hot Pilates and it's in a hot yoga room. And um, I'm not one. I've never been a fan of yoga or Pilates. Like I feel like I need my heart rate to I need to elevate my heart rate and I need to sweat to feel like I'm getting an exercise. So yoga and Pilates have never really been my thing, but this hot Pilates is I'm like obsessed with it now. Mm. I love it. And like, I've never sweat sweated like that in my life. And Mm. I'm just like, I'm doing planks and I'm like, just, it's like a faucet running out for me, which I love. And, um, and it's really hard and it's, you know, we doing, it's doing a lot of like hip thrusts and a lot Mm -hmm. of lunges and like skaters and it's, it's a different kind of Pilates class and it's upbeat and you breathe hard and um, I love it. So I've been doing that at least once a week, maybe twice if I can fit it in. And I'm going to keep doing that because those are, I mean, the hips are a weak area as we get older. And so it's definitely something that is beneficial to me and my running. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I I used to always set my New Year's resolution that I was going to start doing yoga. And then I just stopped saying it because I was like, this is never going to happen. So I just just don't love it. Yeah, it's just not my thing. But I do love this class. And the teachers are, the instructors are just are great and motivating. And so it's something that I look forward to now. That's great. What about just recovery in general? So you mentioned that it was harder to recover like post Chicago than it used to be. And obviously some of that is aging. Some of it's just that it was so hot that probably took a toll on its body on your body more than normal. But like, do you do anything specific? Like, um, I don't know, you know, foam rolling, um, ice baths, you know, like there's a whole long list of things, but yes. If I'm feeling really bad, like, and there are days when I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like an 80 year old woman or like I get out of bed. Like most mornings when I get out of bed, you might think I'm an 80 year old woman Mm -hmm. because I'm like all hunched over and it like takes me a minute to stand up straight and I'm like walking weird on my feet. Um, And then it just like, my husband laughs. He's like, you look like you're old and crotchety and you shouldn't be running anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you know, I, I get out of it. Um, I do. um, So in the summer, I, uh, I like to swim when I'm feeling really beat up. And I was a swimmer as a kid, like throughout high school and junior high. And, and so swimming is 
kind of a therapeutic thing for me. I got burned out on it for a long time, but I, I do have been going back to that. And that just makes my body feel so much better. I do foam roll, um, but I only, I don't make it a normal routine and yeah. it should be a normal routine. It's just, it's one of those things, you know, it's hard. Like how hard is it to do 10 minutes of abs or how a lot hard is it to do 10 minutes of foam rolling? And turns out it's actually really hard. I know. I, I would just so much prefer just run the extra 10 minutes, you know, yes. versus yes. like do other things. So, yeah. Uh, what about nutrition? Like, I don't know. Have you had to change your nutrition over the years or is it pretty much? No, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I love to eat. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not the type who like limits things. I just think like, I, I, I exercise a lot. I can eat yeah. whatever I want. So I'm not like, I don't, I'm not a big alcohol drinker. So I don't generally drink a lot of alcohol um, just cause I don't like it. Not mm-hmm. cause I'm trying to stay away from it. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I like sweets. So I, I eat my sweets. I like my gummy bears or I like, um, but I don't think like, I'm not after like chalk. I don't, I don't eat a lot of chocolate. I just, you know, when I crave things, I crave meals. I don't crave bad stuff. So I think I just have been lucky enough to grow up in an environment where like food is healthy and you should eat it and you need it for fuel. Um, but I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't watch what I eat. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's good. And I think it is the way that you grew up, especially because you and I both grew up in a time that we didn't have all the information that I think is available, even though I have, you know, two daughters that are growing up and just the information about food is so different for them. I feel like they're getting a better just growth in sports than a lot of the females did that, you know, when we were growing up. So it's good. Coaching, like how did it feel to, I mean, you've always liked to coach and help other people and you're just super like motivating to be around, but like, how is it on the other side? Like when you're coaching someone and you're so I I mean, I've known you. I I just, I feel like you're like me, like we're intense people. Like, how do you feel like when you're trying to get someone going and motivated and they're just not there? Like, do you have tips and tools for people that might be listening that are kind of like that? Like they don't have the internal motivation. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's why those people are looking for a coach, right? Like I don't need a coach because I'm, I'm self-motivated and I'm self-motivated and I, I know what I need to do. And if I don't do it, I understand like what the consequences are. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the, it's interesting. I've, I love, I love, love, love coaching. And I like on my bio um, on the online platform that I use, I say that like, I do truly believe that everybody is capable of being a good runner. Like it's just running is innate, right? Like kids just are born and they love to run. And then somewhere along the way, running becomes a punishment for most sports. And that makes me sad because like, I think as human beings, like we were born to run. And, um, and so it's, it's interesting because I have this, like, no, like you, you have the capacity. Like I see, like I give people workouts and they're like scared to death of like, Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, I can't believe you gave that to me. I don't know if I can do it. And so my approach is like, I, I find that a lot of, a lot of the people I coach who don't, who have, who are fearful of like the pain or like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe you, you think I can do that. It's, they're afraid of letting me down. And Uh that's something that I am, have been really surprised. Like you're not letting anybody down. Like you're not letting, like, and sometimes I, I give you a workout that I'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to do, 
but I want you to try yes, because yeah, yeah. like we said, like failure is part of life. Like, and just because you fail at it doesn't mean like you're a failure or that you can't do it at some other time. Like, but at least you tried. So I'm trying, I guess my approach is like, I want you to try. I want you, you know, and if, if you have, you know, if it doesn't go your way or like you listen to your body and like, you're not, you're not letting me down no. at all. Nope. And it's not, it, and so I'm trying to teach people, it's not scary. It's not like, you shouldn't feel bad if it doesn't go right or don't go the way you want it. I've just been really positive. Like it's been, yes, I'm a very, I mean, it's funny. I'm intense. Like when it comes to sports and athletics, I am not intense in any other thing in my life. Yeah. Like, I am very laid back. I'm just laissez-faire. I'm, I'm like the most um, optimistic person there is. Like, I don't stress about anything really in life maybe. And I guess a little bit in running, but not really. I like, I just truly believe that like things will work out the way they should, like in a, in a positive way, most of the time. And so it's been, it's been good practice for me to just be this cheerleader behind the scenes. And it's so rewarding to see people like when you just stick with them and you keep in and you're, you get on their level. You're like, I get it. Okay. So don't like, you've had a stressful week. You've had a stressful day. Like just don't run today. And I think they're like, what you're telling me not to run today. Like you gave me a workout to do. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't sound like today's the day to do it. So don't yeah. do it. Yep. And, and it's shocking to them for a, you know, quote coach to tell them like to not do it. I'm like, it's okay. We, we have like all the time in the world to do that again. Like it's yeah. time. you need yeah. to take care of yourself yeah. and you need to take care of not only your body, but you need to take care of your mind. And if your mind's not in it, then don't do it. And you're, it, it's, it's no skin off my back. Yeah. And I think they're probably just expecting, you know, maybe the list of workouts and, you know, things like that. And they're not realizing how much of the other value, like you just listed that they're going to get out of having a coach, you know, it's not just, these are the things and these are the times that you should run in the number of miles. It's the, the different part of the mindset and they like that connection. So, and yeah. you can do that virtually too. I think it's amazing how much that can. It is. And I like a lot of these people, I'm, even though it's an online platform, I, I communicate with people mostly um, via text or mm-hmm. on the talk to them on the phone. Like when I'm like, okay, we need to talk like let's. Yeah. And they're like, wow. Okay. Thank you. And, um, and like just seeing them come along and like, wow, I, like you have been so proud. Like, I think the people who come to coach, like running coaching or maybe any coaching, just running coaching is all I know is that they, they want, they want someone to care about them, right? Like not their husband or their kids. Like it's just one-on-one. Like I am giving you something specific for you. That's going to be good for you. That is, they want the personal one-on-one attention. It's yeah. not necessarily the coaching, like, yeah, it, coaching is the, the running is the platform, but it's more like, I want some attention for me mm-hmm. and I want someone to hear me and validate me. And as a human being outside of like my everyday normal life. Yeah. I, I love it. Yep. I think people just, especially in this busy world, they just want the extra support. Are yes. there any apps or I guess, gear or things that you can't live without either as a runner personally or for your clients? Yeah. I mean, not really. I mean, I love abs of steel. Yeah. (laughs) We got that. Yeah. And I actually, I actually incorporate that into some of my athletes stuff. Like actually do abs of steel. I know it's funny. I mean, she's dressed in her leg warmers and her like high-waisted like leotard, but it's still, it's quality. 
And, um, I guess, so it's, it's like, it's a love hate, like the watch, right. The, the, the Garmin watch. Yep. Um, and, and I guess I would say Strava, Strava can be, there's a fine line. Strava can be a huge motivator. Like yeah. for me, sometimes it is a motivator. Like I can see, like, I know people see what I'm doing. Right. Yes. And people are curious and there's certain people that will follow me and want to know what my workouts are. And so that's motivating to me, like on a day that like it's, you know, 35 degrees out and it's mm-hmm. raining Yeah, and it's ugly. And I just really don't want to go do it. I hate to say it, but like, that's a motivator for me yeah. sometimes. Like, Oh, yeah. people are watching yeah. me. And if I don't go do it, then I'm letting people down, not necessarily letting people down, but like I'm giving in and I don't want like athletes that I, I train to give in to bad weather. Yeah. And always, I mean, it's always, once you get out there, it's so worth it. And it's not nearly as bad as you think it's going to be, or you in your head have created that it's going to be. So though, but on the other hand, like I, I do a lot with my athletes where we're not doing mile pace, we're doing time-based stuff because I don't want them focused on their mile pace. I want them to learn what their different paces naturally feel, feel like. And I say that all the time, but like my fastest marathon ever was run on an old Timex watch. Like Garmin's mm-hmm. weren't around then. Yeah. And, um, and I truly believe like Garmin holds people back or any kind of watch like Garmin, like you, people do not learn their paces. They don't learn what their natural abilities are. And they get scared when they look at the watch and they're feeling good and they look down and it's way faster than they think they should be running. So it's a love hate, but I mean, it is a good tool in some regards, but I still think if we didn't have the watch, I think people would be better. Yeah. You know, I actually remember when we ran together and you would run without a watch sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I always, I don't know if you remember that, but I was like, how can you run without a watch? You don't know how many minutes you've been running. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of funny that like now, you know, the chance, the comparison between the Garmin and the time, you know, it's just, um, but it's, it's another reminder that you can listen to your body and just sometimes your body tells you how far and how fast it wants to go. So I, I love that. You know, I guess just like, as we get to the end here, like, what do you, how are you, are you setting goals? Like how far in advance, like you have your team, but are you thinking like one year? Are you thinking five years, like 10 or, you know, what's your mindset there? Okay. Well, I guess that's a, there's a couple of questions there. Yeah. Um, do I want to still be running when I'm 80 years old? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, however, I don't want to look like a crippled, like people look at me and say, oh my yeah. gosh, she, that looks so painful. Like if, 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 I look like that. I yeah. tell my friends all the time. Like if you'll see someone out running who like clearly looks like every step is painful and they can't right. stand up straight. And I'm like, don't let me run. Like, tell me to stop. Come tell yeah. me to hang it up. But if my body is physically capable, like I do, I want to run forever. I, I mean, cause people tell me all the time, like, oh, you've been running for so long. Your, your knees are going to go bad. You're going to have to have knee replacements. Like I don't have any knee problems whatsoever. And partly because I'm smart about what I do. And I'm really good about like changing out my shoes every 350 to 400 miles. Like I am religious about that because I don't, I feel like that's when you get hurt is when you wear your shoes too long. And so I might change them a little bit more often than probably what's needed, but Mm -hmm. that make, like, I can tell my feet start hurting and I'm like, Oh, I need new shoes. I'm approaching like 400 miles. So, um, I think I've been smart. Like I've 
I swam. I like in high school, I swam in the summer and I swam in the winter. I did not run at all ever when I was in swim season. And I think that saved me a, yeah. a lot of miles and it saved me a lot of wear and tear on my body. And so now as I get older and I'm incorporating swimming again, it's, you know, I, I'm not, even though I run on the asphalt a lot, I do get off of it sometimes and my shoes are good. And so yeah. I don't think that I'm going to have those kind of problems. So yes, I want to run forever. I, I want to be an old lady runner in these uh, races. Um, so I just turned 49 and um, I do have a goal of breaking three hours again in, in my fifties. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely a goal. I think that it's achievable with, um, with smart training. And so, yeah, I'm going to keep racing. I mean, when I hurt my back and I like, it was so painful and it was so debilitating that at that time I was like, if I could live without pain, yes, I would give up running in a heartbeat. Like yes. it's okay. Yeah. I don't ever have to run again. I just don't want to be in this kind of pain. Yeah. And, um, and that was true. Like I can, like I, I could have given, I could give up running if I had to, I don't yes. want to. So it's right. not an obsessive compulsive thing. It's, it's part of who I am. It's ingrained in me. And like the days, even days when I take off, when I know I need to take the day off, right. I need to take yes. at least one day off a week. I feel so out of sorts. It's mm-hmm. just, it make it, it centers me. It normalizes me. I'm, I'm a much more productive person yes. when I get my run in. Me too. I'm just yeah. more alive. I'm more engaged. And so I don't do it because I'm obsessed with goals or I'm obsessed with my weight or being fit. I do it because it just makes me feel like feel better. It, it, it's like therapy. <laughs> it seriously yes. is. Yes. yes. Totally is. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that goal. I think that's awesome. I, I, and I also just going back to the running in your knees, like if you actually look at the data and you know, I'm like a scientist. So the more recent data, it's really, it's so backwards. Like running is not bad for the knees. It's more just like the anatomical incorrect running. It's, it's, it's so exciting to me to see that because it's, we're not doing anything harmful. Like we're doing, like you said earlier, we're, our bodies were made to run and we're doing what, what we were supposed to. So I, I think I just wanted to say that sometime we'll have to do a podcast all about my research into running knees. Cause <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause everybody says that like, Oh, you, you're a runner, like you run yes. marathons and yeah. And no, I'm like, I, I think it's good for my body. It is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So I guess just the last question I'll ask you is like, do you have, you said already, you were like internally motivated. And most of my friends and guests on this podcast have have had that same thing. But like, do you feel like when you dig deeper, and I think you just said it too, like you're running why? Because it just makes you a better person. It makes you feel more alive. I guess, do you have advice maybe then, since you already mentioned when I think about it, what your why is, like, do you have questions that someone, maybe you're one of your clients could ask when they're trying to, they come to you and they say, I want to be a runner or I want a coach, you know, like, how would you help them figure out their why? Um, yeah, I, I guess that's a good question. I mean, I have an asset of um, my clients because they kind of have a why, like they had come to yeah. me with a goal. Um, yeah. But yeah, like why, why do you want to run? And and maybe it's to lose weight. Maybe it's to yeah. have time on my own. Maybe it's to um, change their body. Uh, 
I guess my approach to my clients who might be having a hard time is like, look, uh, it's not, it's not the, we're not, you can't look at the long term. Like you can't look like, oh, I want you to coach me to run a marathon in, you know, six to eight months. That's not what I want you to look at. I want you to just one day at a time. It's just one day. Like, what are you supposed to do today? Yeah. What do I want you to do today? And, and, and slowly, but surely, and it actually happens really fast. Like all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm, I'm doing this. And so that's more my approach is like, I don't want you to look down the road. I, I, I mean, lots of people talk about like future planning. My approach is it's one day at a time. And just because today didn't go well, tomorrow's a completely new day yeah. and we're moving forward. We don't look back. We don't look back and we don't look too far forward either. And so I think people figure it out that way. And I, as far as like running and people new to running and figuring out what they're doing and having confidence in running, I think that's the most helpful is it's just one day at a time. Yeah. I, I love it. Yep. Just take one day at a time and do your abs of steel on YouTube and <laughs> right? and check it off. Like I'm like, put a, put a big calendar up, like put mm-hmm. something you flip, like somewhere that you see it. Like, I don't know, write with lipstick on your mirror, mm-hmm. like what you did today or what you're supposed to do and then check it off. So you can see that you accomplished that. Yeah. I think that's yeah. huge. I if think you're a person huge. who struggles with, mm-hmm. with checking it off. You have to celebrate every small accomplishment. Yeah, that, that is so true too. Like the small things. And I like that. I mean, I think you just said one day at a time, but that also goes with that last part, just doing the small accomplishments versus like when you talked about, when I asked you what your proudest moment was, you know, you couldn't even pick a certain race because you can tell you, you celebrate the little things that you do and just look then at the big picture as an aggregate. So it's, it's really cool. Well, it was awesome to connect with you. So it was great to connect with you. I will put all of Sarah's links so you can see the link to her coaching profile. And if you want to check her out uh, in the show notes and uh, maybe we'll have her back on when she is training for her sub three hour (laughs) marathon in her fifties. That's super exciting, but thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening to the Running After Age 40 podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and give us a like in iTunes. Also check out our website, www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40. We have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.